run, party, repeat. Welcome to the East Coast Adventures Dirt and Vert Podcast, where we talk all things running, racing, and training to help you get ready for your next big adventure. Learn from our successes and our failures and have fun at the same time. Join us right here every week with inspiring guests who share their captivating tales from the trails. And remember, nobody cares. Run faster. All right. Welcome back to the East Coast Adventures Dirt and Vert podcast. I'm David. And I'm Mike. And we have a special guest today, Misty Heron. Uh, a lot of you all may know her as the uh, amazing photographer that you see at a lot of these larger races and events. But uh, Misty's also a very decorated ultra runner. Uh, Misty, if you don't care, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got into running? And then uh, we'll talk about photography later, but let's uh, let's focus on running right now. Um, so I was always very active um, growing up. I played a lot of soccer. Um, and so when I got too old to play soccer, which was I played through college and then kept on getting hurt, like into my 30s playing. And I thought I need to hang the hat on that. Um, I just started running again and I know I always loved hiking. I've, um, done a lot of backpacking, a lot of like just hiking through the Smokies or any type of mountains. Um, and so I wanted to combine the two loves like hiking and, and running. And so I noticed that KTC had a trail series and I started doing their trail series and I met some people that. I think one day after a race, I was talking to him and they were talking about doing these crazy distances. And I was like, hmm, I want to do that. That sounds fun. And so that's how I got into the running part of it. It's kind of like peer pressure, right? <laughs> it was, they didn't even have to do any peer pressure. I was like, <laughs> me up. if you're going to smoke and running 25 miles this weekend, let's do it. I'm there. <laughs> how, how big of a change was that going from soccer? Did you, did you like start out slowly or did you jump right into doing... I mean, I, I see your first real, I mean, looks like you jumped right into a 50 K based on, yeah, uh, based on your results. Looks like Norris damn hard, but did you do any small stuff before that? Um, just like the small, smaller KTC races, like the 10 Ks. And I think I had done a, a marathon, but what I loved about the trail running was that I could hike a lot of it. And that was like a big draw for me. Um, so I, I was already in pretty good shape playing soccer. You have to be, and I was running to stay in shape for that anyway. So I had, it's not like I, I just started running then. I, I mean, you do a lot of running in soccer and you do a lot of running to keep up for soccer. So I was used to that. Just not trail running. Trail running was really new to me and I loved it. Um, because I loved the running part of it, but I also love being in the mountains and I love hiking and. Um, and I love that I could hike during a race and walk. So what, what made you decide to go into doing longer distances then? Like if you started with the KTC shorter races, you, it looks like you quickly jumped into 50 Ks, 50 milers, 24 hour races. What, what was that little nudge? I think just talking to the people, um, after races and realizing that, that it could be done. And I was curious if I could do it. And so it was really just a curiosity thing and thinking, I, wait, I, if they can do it, I can do it. And if I, you know, I may not be, have, I've never ran that kind of distance. Well, I had run one marathon. It was like a, a out in San Diego. 
um, I think it took me like four hours and 45 minutes and then I hated every minute of it and I <laughs> doing that kind of distance again, but it's so different when you're on trail than, you know, you are, um, when you're on the road, it's like, it's completely different. Yeah. It, for me, it's like, you're, it's kind of relaxing, you know, it's, it's, it's something different when I'm running on the road. I don't feel the same as when I'm running on a trail, like I'm outside, I'm in nature, see the trees, uh, you know, running on a road, I, I'm about to run my first marathon. So I may be in the same boat. I feel like sometimes you're more present on the road. Like you keep, obviously you, your surroundings are always aware of it. When on the road, on the trail, you can kind of get, you can get lost in the forest more or less. You don't think about, you know, with that car, or this, or that, you know, it's, it's, it's so much more relaxing in the forest. Yeah. It really is. It's so it's, it's Zen. Like I mean, just, you can go out and just completely shut your brain down. I love yes. that. You're going to get me back into running. Me talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not marathons though. Right? We know where races are. <laughs> um, so, Okay, so let's see. We we start out with KTC races, and then you jump into Norris Damhard Trail Race, which is a 50K. Mm -hmm. uh, and it looks like you do a couple of races throughout 2012. Just monthly, literally. Yeah, and yeah, uh, get, you get, went full steam ahead. Yeah, I um, get obsessive about things pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, like, that's most of ultra runners, but... Um, as soon as I know I like something, I'm all in. And so I was just like, okay, I, I love this. And so what else can I do? And so I, it was, I was trying to keep my schedule full because I just, I loved it so much. And I wanted to see what I could do and how many miles I could do. Um, when I did the, the dirt circuit race, which was my first hundred, I, I went in hoping to do a hundred um, only because I, I felt like if I didn't make it happen, it wouldn't happen for some reason. I just was like stubborn about it. And I just went in and I was like, this is what I'm doing and I'm going to break my back to do it. And so. Well, what's, what's interesting about you saying that is I, I see some of your results, you know, and, and like lookout mountain, that's a hard race, 50 miler, but it looks like dirt circuits. You, you win that race overall. You know, male and female. Oh no! Um, um, and I'll have to say this. Um, no, I, I wasn't overall. It was um, crap. What's his or name? You and Steve, did you and Steve tie? No, okay, no. you and Steve. Steve uh, Barber before me. And if I I came in in time to do another loop, and he he woke up to come out there, and he was like, "If you're doing another loop, I'm doing another loop." <laughs> going to become a race, and I was like, "Nope, I'm good. Fit my goal." <laughs> That's, well, that's, I mean, that's still impressive. You've, you've not done anything of that time or distance and, uh, you jump straight into a 24 hour race and you win it, you know, you win at least first female, regardless, second overall. Um, but it also looks like maybe something clicked at that point because your results get considerably better after that race. And do, do you think, that something mentally click, like you're like, I can do this. I'm tough. Or did, did your training just amp up more after that? Cause you have like Georgia death race, you finished second place, um, cruel jewel, you finished first place female at 100 miler. So, I mean, it looks like something significantly changed. I think, um, probably just the experience of running, knowing that, oh yeah, I'm, I, I am capable of this. Um, and I didn't feel 
worried about pushing myself um, as much as in the beginning. I, I wanted to, my main goal in the beginning was to finish. And so I guess after that, like when I really pushed myself for the 24 hour, I was like, no, I can do this and I can push myself. And I, I do realize, um, did realize too, like fast, flat races aren't my thing. I'm not a fast runner. Um, I feel like my strongest times were, uh, our strongest races were really hard races, like mountainous races, because I, I could hike and I, and I'm a fairly decent hiker because I have a background in it. So I, I definitely am not like a, a great runner. I think I'm just a good hiker <laughs> more than anything else. And that's a, that makes a huge difference, especially in those hard mountain races and like cruel jewel. I mean, that's a prime example. You, you obviously must be a great hiker because, I mean, you were 11th overall, first female. You did it in 30 hours. I mean, that's that's a race that some people can't finish because it's, Hard I mean, race. it's what, 28,000 feet elevation gain or 30? I think it's close to 30. Yeah. You got to be a good hiker to do that. Or <laughs> <laughs> <Our> stupid. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... So I got to ask you a question then when you were doing dirt circuit and you go in and you're like, I'm going to do this like hell or high water, I'm going to finish this race. How was that? Like, I'm sure at some moment during the night, you're like, what have I done? Why am I doing this? You know. Well, I feel like, um, I never really felt any of that because I was so determined to do it. And I had made a plan for myself. I wanted to run the first, I wanted to run most of the first 60 or 70, push the first 60 and then hike the rest. I, so I pretty much came in and I had, think I had like 10 hours and 30 more miles to do. And I was like, I'm not running another damn step. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, people were trying to get me to run and I was like, no, I'm hiking it. And I hiked out the last 30 miles. That's awesome. Oh, wow. You executed that plan exactly yeah I was, because it was my first one i just was like i was worried if i kept running that it i would you know burn out or that i would come up to that point where i was like what have i done and i didn't want to do that i knew that i could do 60 or 70 and feel okay and then i knew i could also hike that long and be okay as well so i was like i just combine the two and it'll work out well it seemed to have worked did, awesome. uh, did all of this seem just natural, like you had just found your spot in ultra running? I mean, because your results are like, wow, you know, that it just seemed like, okay, I'm at home with this. This is what I need to be doing. I I loved it. Um, I don't know if it's like, I don't know if I ever thought that. I I just felt like I loved to do it and I was going to continue to do it. And I the harder mm -hmm. it was, the better it was for me. Oh, cool. Yeah. At what at what point did you decide to get a coach? Um, I got a coach um, right before. I, really, the thing that did it is I had um, put in my name for the lottery of Western States and Leadville and um, uh, Hard Rock. <laughs> I put uh, a ticket in for all that, and then I. Um, got into Western States and I thought I probably need a coach. I wanted to go out there. I never ran at altitude and I just wanted to be sure that, um, I was doing all the right things. Um, and then after Western, I was extremely burnt out of running and I thought it was more a motivation thing. I was like, okay, now I need a coach to keep me motivated because the last year so I ended up getting in Western States and Leadville in the same year. And I, oh, wow. 
and I deferred Leadville. So when I got it, I got into Western States and like a couple of weeks later, I get this withdrawal notification from my bank. And it was like, you've been, you have overdrawn. And I was like, $400 on anything. Cause I had no clue. I was like, there's no way I'm getting in both. That's not going to happen. So, um, and I did, and I was like, there's no way <laughs> I don't recover well from hundred milers. I need a lot of time in between. So I knew that it'd be really hard to do Western States and then Leadville. And I wanted to finish and do both. Um, so I just deferred it, which was a, a really good decision for me, but, but also I just, that year was really hard cause I had, had really burnt out on, on everything. So. So all of these results up to Western States was basically you and you and your own training and <laughs> learning, finding your way through there. That's, that is impressive. Um, so I just want to read some of the results real quick. So, um, dirt circuit, 24 hour, hundred miles, first place, female, second overall Georgia death race, second overall 15 hours, cruel jewel 100. First place female, 30 hours. I skipped one. Power to the Tower, 50K. I've never even heard of this. First place female, 558. What is that? Um, Power to the Tower. I don't even think they um, do it anymore. It was up in, I think it was in Kingsport um, at one of their local parks up there. Um, yeah, Kingsport. May, but I, I don't know. It's a, it's a local race. Yeah, it looks like they haven't put it on since 2016, but man, it looks like it's got some elevation. But I did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so power to the tower, 50 K first place, female. Um, let's jump on up rock and root 30 K fourth place, female three hours, 20 minutes, Cumberland trail, 50 K first place, female seven hours, 19 minutes, Duncan Ridge, 50 K. Seven, 30, seven hours, 35 minutes, first female, Savage Gulf Marathon, first place female, five hours, 25 minutes. And then this race is probably uh, near and dear to your heart since you take a lot of pictures on this trail. Yamacraw 50K, uh, second place overall female, six hours, 28 minutes. So, so going through this list, I know you say you don't recover from hundreds very well, but you, you recover fairly quickly because you're running these races pretty hard um, and you're doing them like month after I mean, there's Cumberland, the Cumberland trail, Duncan Ridge, those were a month apart and you, you won both of those. So yeah, that was before I burn out maybe. <laughs> well, you know, you have such an impressive running career. It's uh when I got to looking at it this week, I didn't realize all the races that you had ran. Like I'd heard people tell me how great of a runner you were, but until I looked this up, I had no idea that you had ran all this stuff. And I was like, wow, Misty, Misty was an amazing runner. Um, I'm just going to keep going through the results and then we'll, uh, we'll follow up on a couple of races here, but I just want everybody to hear this list. Uh, Merrill's mile six hour, uh, second place female. That's one of Cindy's favorites. Oh yeah. Holston River Endurance Challenge, 12 hours, second place, uh, female, female uh, 51 hours, Iron Mountain 50 miler, uh, fourth place female, Pinnacle Tower 50K, man, I haven't heard of some of these, second place female, ooh, Pinhody, yeah. 100 miler, uh, fourth place female. That um, qualified me to, for um, Western States and um, Leadville. 
So of all the hundreds you've done, so we've got Pinhoti, um, and I can keep reading all these race lists, but it's just an impressive list. I mean, you've, you've continued, but we got Western States. You've also got uh, Georgia Death Race on here. You've got Leadville Trail 100. So of all of the 100 milers, including Cruel Jewel and all those, which one do you think was the most difficult for you? Um, I feel like this, I have three up there and for different reasons. Um, Cruel Jewel was hard, hard running, hard hiking. I, it was hard. Um, but I would say I, physically that was probably the hardest race for me. Um, mentally, probably Western States. I got really sick there, um, no. about 40 miles in and I, I was throwing up and I was like, I got hypo, uh, and mm. I had to stay at like one of the aid stations for about 45 minutes before they would let me go on. And I was so determined to, to just do the race that I was just like, there's no way I'm, I, I'm just going to finish even if I'm the last one to come across. Mm -hmm. And, um, so mentally that was really hard. I had never cried in a hundred, like I, or any time I've been running and I was so emotional during the race. Like I'd come through and my dad had come to help crew and, um, cheer me on. And he was like, Christy says hello, which is my twin sister. And I started bawling. Which was really different for me. Um, but I ended up, you know, finishing in a, like I was really happy with my time considering how bad that race was for me uh, mentally. And then I would say Leadville was probably third in line just because I mentally, I just wasn't in it anymore. Like I just, I was doing it because I, I wanted to run that race. It's iconic. And, but I just didn't love it as much as I used to. And I just, I really did. I think I came in like in the 29th hour for that race. Cause I, and I'm, I was really happy with it and really happy to, to finish and do it. But I think I just a little bit of me didn't want to be there, you know? So that was kind of tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, you started in 20, 2012, so 2012 and you kind of retired at 2000, really 2017, but it looks like you did end up throwing another race in at some point. You did the Yeti 50. That was your very last race. Oh yeah. That's where, yeah. Where you wake up every. Which she won. Yeah. No, 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 no. I did. That's one of those ones. Everybody won. As long as you did it. Oh, I got you. Was it a virtual race? Yeah. I didn't even see that. What kind of race was it? What was the rules on this one? Okay, so I think you had to, do, it was 50 miles total, but it, you had to run every four hours, so many miles every Yes, 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 yes. I, I remember like, seeing something like that. Yeah, it was okay. kind of during COVID, the COVID era. And so I was just like, what? I was, I, I was running during that time and I was, but not anything. I mean, I was just going out for like three mile runs or, you know, a five mile run here or there. Um, well, we all had to do something during COVID, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was just like, maybe this, maybe signing up for this, I'll keep, I'll get motivated. And so that's what I did. So yeah, everybody, Oops. everybody was in first place for that race. I got you. <laughs> so why do you think you got burned out? I don't know. Um, I kind of, when I went into Western States, I was really excited about it. And I got really sick after, during that race. And 
I don't know what happened. It was like, I came home and I, I took a break, but after that, I just running never felt easy again. It's it, that it just like, it felt like such a chore to do. Um, like I would go running and I would just, it was hard. It just felt hard, you know? And I, I realized I was like, well, maybe I'll have some hard runs here and there. Um, and it'll come back, but it was like a full year of running. And I never just had a run where I was like, yeah, that felt amazing. You know? And it just, I was like, maybe it's time for me to hang it up because I just didn't, I didn't want to continue if I wasn't going to enjoy it. The reason I did it was because I enjoyed it. And I just don't, I don't want to do anything that I'm just forcing myself to do just because. Well, that's why I asked earlier if it felt like it come natural, because I think at a certain point when you're, you had run, you've run for a long time, I think early thirties, you know, and I said at some point it's, it almost feels like it's effortless, but then at some point I can relate to exactly what you're saying, where it feels like, where was that effortless at? Like how, how, why am I having to think about this running so much now? And for the last two or three years, it's been definitely something on my plate where, you know, that's where I have Mary, you know, a lot now. Cause it, it's almost like I have to give somebody else the thinking part of it because it, at some point I think age to me does take a factor and it doesn't become naturally easy to where you don't have to think about it. And you, yeah. and it, it, it can be tiresome sometimes or, or, it can feel like you have a load load on you to just do the stuff that you used to just took for granted. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I believe you said you have, uh, you're kind of full force when you go into something. Yeah. <clears throat> so it, it looks like you did go full force too. So, um, oh, you yeah, didn't, you didn't give it. yourself much breaks. It doesn't look like, so I mean, I, I and I'm like, why can't I do that? <laughs> Well, I mean, your, your race results speak for themselves. Okay. They're amazing, Misty. Um, you know, so thank you for, for getting on here and talking about your races and stuff. Uh, but we would definitely like to talk through some other things now, like as far as you, you kind of got burnt out on running at this point. It's not your passion. Is this how you transitioned into photography? Um, kinda. Yeah. So, um, I had signed up, I was supposed to run Barkley Fall Classic one year. Um, and I think I had run a hundred of the month before. And I was like, there's no way I'm running Barkley Fall Classic. But I reached out to um, Steve Durbin and I was like, hey, I'd love to volunteer. Um, and he was like, oh yeah, you want to take pictures? And I was like, I never have. I mean, I have like a, a, D, a Nikon D40, which is like beginner, beginner. I had bought it to go on my honeymoon. And I had only used it on my honeymoon. I didn't know anything about it. And um, I was like, sure, that sounds fun. I'll come come do that. And so I was taking pictures. I had no clue what I was doing. My pictures were horrible, but I was really proud of them. <laughs> I was like, these are actually great. And now I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I thought that was a good picture. But um, I, uh, I ended up taking pictures that race. And I was like, that's a lot of fun. And I didn't take pictures again. Uh, until the next year, kind of the same thing. Hey, you want me to volunteer? And I was like, yeah, take pictures again. And I ended up, it's funny. I, I was at the, at the finish line and I was taking pictures and I was having so much fun watching people like come through. It was so it just, I love that energy at a finish line. And um, I got this one picture that, I mean, now I look at it and I'm like, I mean, it wasn't that great of a picture, but I got so excited about this one picture. And I was like, I want to get better at this. And so it kind of, I don't know, it, I don't know if it was by design that that's where I went after I started running less, but it just happened that, um, you know, Steve asked me to take a couple pictures, like 
twice to, had me take pictures and I thought, I love this. And I just went full force into to it. I started trying to learn what I could and Yamacraw, I started shooting more Yamacraw, I think that next year. And um, I just fell in love with it. And especially after I stopped running, I still wanted to be part of the running community. And that was the mm -hmm. best way to do it, especially with a new passion. So, so how, how did you hone your skill? Did you take classes or are you self-taught? I'm self-taught. I, um, I just ended up watching a lot of YouTube videos, like, like really listening to people that I respected. Um, I reached out to Howie Stern at one point and like, um, I've worked with a lot of runners, uh, or a lot of photographers. Um, and I've, if I have any questions, I can always reach out to them. Um, everybody it's, it's a really good community for the most part. Um, and, so it really was just learning from the people that have been doing it for a long time. And then also getting on YouTube and being like, okay, how do I get this shot? This is, I don't want my shot to be all blurry. How do I not do that? Well, you, you've definitely come a long way. Cause I mean, your stuff now is being featured on, you know, magazine covers. And, uh, I think you just had one correct from, uh, yeah, ultra running. That's my first one on ultra. Running. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Yeah, I saw that uh, Barkley Fall Classic picture, yeah. correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that's pretty impressive to have not taken like any classes, self-teach yourself and be as talented as you are. So for, you know, I'm, I'm sure most people listening to this podcast know who you are, but, you know, if they don't, Misty takes probably some of the best pictures that focus around emotion in a race like that is like and i don't know if anybody's ever told you that but like that is that is like your thing like in a race you somehow always find a way to pull out the emotion in the race on the people's faces on the runners faces to catch them in their best and their worst which i think is you know that's the part of the running that people want to see it's like you know how did you feel? And and you do such a good job. Like your pictures tell such a story of like the emotion that's going through that person. And that's the one thing, like I've heard people talk about your pictures and that's what they always say. That's what I've always noticed. I mean, me and Mike and, and Matt will look at pictures and we're just like, you know, Misty took that. We can almost tell when we see the picture. Well, that's my favorite. That is my favorite thing to capture is the emotion. Uh, it's like the feel of the race. Um, I mean, I, I like taking pictures of people running. That's great too. But my, my favorite thing is to, to get everything else. So no, I, it shows for sure. Cause I mean, you, we can finish a race and it's like, all right, well, I'll tell the guys, I'm like, one of us is getting an email later of like, when are the pictures going to be ready? <laughs> you know, that top deal. They're like, I'm glad you guys had a great race. Here's your finisher medal. When are the pictures going to be up? So, I mean, you capture it for sure. I mean, they, they love it. And I said, as David said, the good and bad, I think even as a runner, as an ultra runner, I want to see when I'm struggling. I want to look back and think, man, this was real to me, you know, and and you catch it. I mean, you've been at numerous races of ours and you catch the emotion and they're able to tell their family or relive it and and they see it. And and what I, what I love about Misty is that she's not bashful. Like if what? someone is laying there about to pass out, She's going to take your picture. Mm -hmm. Whereas some people's like, I'm not going to do that. Nope. Misty gets it. And yeah. I love it. She I may love. not show it, but she's going to take that and picture. 
Um, and very, there's been a few times where I'm like, uh, I, maybe I should like, <laughs> I think one time this guy, some guy was throwing up, I mean, he, he was in a bad way and I was like, okay, I, I think I'll just sleep. In you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Most people are like, why are you taking a picture of me Go coming up this hill? And this is going to be the worst picture ever. And I'm like, this will be your favorite picture. I promise. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. And you know, and that's, that is so, so accurate because like some of my favorite pictures are ones that you've taken of me where I've like failed or <laughs> I'm about to pass out or I'm sick. You know, that's like some of my favorite pictures. Um, mid state, you've got some good ones. And I think even Barkley fall classic that one year I ran it, but some of my favorite pictures are those that you took where, you know, I'm in pain or these things weren't going my way. And I'm like, Oh, that's going to be terrible later. I can't wait to see this, but it's always so good. Like mm -hmm. I love them. Well, I, it reminds me of what I went through, you yeah. know? And I think that's the connection is like, you see this picture and you're like, wow, that I was really going through a hard time at this point and I completely forgot it. But when you see that picture, it's like, there's that emotion. And I think, most people run ultras and trail, especially trail ultras, um, not because they, it's going to be easy. I mean, mm -hmm. we're doing it because we know it's going to be hard and it's going to kick oh, out yeah. and it's going to make us feel like badasses. Yes. So, and so like, if you have a picture of you running all pretty and it's not showing the grit, like you really went through it, you know, it's just, I feel like that that's just as important as a, a good running picture, you know? show the I, I think it's more important i mean I, that's why when i look back at pictures and i see that that reminds me more of what i went through than seeing a picture of me where i'm running great and you know no issues but when i see a picture of you know i'm bleeding and i'm you know dehydrated or something's going on or about to pass out and then i'm like oh wow yeah that was a rough point yeah. And, and I really think that's like your specialty, like you, that, I think that's what makes your pictures so amazing is you pull that out so well. And, and again, being able to look and see that, that is a talent and a quality that you have. Like a lot of people would think you're exactly right. Oh, this picture is not going to be good. Why are you taking a picture of me right now? I, but you have that eye. And I think that's something that is so special. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of photographers around that do what you do. And we're very thankful to have you in this community. Thank you. I think a lot um, because I have ran it. I know it also helps me know what to look for. I, I, I know what kind of picture I have appreciated in the past. So it also helps you get from point to point. I've noticed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do Nick, Nick got a picture of her as the picture we used for the cover. Um, she's like running across the bridge at no business. And that. Yeah. Um, well, I actually messaged Nick and I said, I know you have some good pictures of Misty. Send them to me. <laughs> yeah, you, you two, you two together are, you know, you're, you're such good photographers, but you're so much different in what you capture. We've talked about that, um, that we call our styles complement each other, but it's funny cause he started getting to, to race photography and I was like, damn it. He's so good. He's good. He's, gonna <laughs> he's so good, but he's so nice. And he's so, so oh, he is, he's yeah. definitely, 
Well, I mean, we're, we're lucky to have both of you in this community. And I mean, in the same running community, that's so awesome. I mean, you two together, that's like a powerhouse at a race. It's amazing. Well, let's, uh, if you don't care, let's switch gears one more time. I, I want to talk a little bit because you're one of the few people that me and Mike and, and for Matthew couldn't be with us tonight, but you know, that we're ever going to talk to that is probably high, you know, ultra runner, photographer, and you've through hiked the entire AT trail. Mm-hmm. That was, it was a while. So, <laughs> I was going to say, so when was this and how did that come about? Yeah. It was in 2002. I was like two years out of college. I, I didn't have a lot going on. I think at that point I was working a desk job that it, no, I think I was still waitressing after college, after my, you know, hundred thousand dollar degree. And, uh, <laughs> and for talking, <laughs> um, and so I, I went on a hike with my then boyfriend. Um, we were going up to max patch where I think we got detoured and we were going to, to the beauty spot instead. And we saw a couple of, uh, it was a couple that was, um, hitchhiking and I had heard of the AT, but I had never really given it a second thought. And so I was like, let's pick them up. It'll be fun to, to see what they're, they're doing. You know, it was a couple we didn't feel, I didn't feel threatened by them. And so they wanted to go to Irwin and on the way, all the way to Irwin, they were talking about what they were doing. I was asking them tons of questions and they were like, yeah, we're hiking this AT, this thing called AT and it goes from Georgia to Maine and there's so many miles. And I, they got out of the car and I, I turned to, to my then boyfriend. I said, I'm doing that. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it this year and you can come with me. You cannot come with me. <laughs> so, um, that was that summer. And then eight months later I had planned everything and we, we went. Oh my goodness. That quick. Yeah. So, I, so at this point in your life, have you ever hiked or camped or done any of that? I had hiked. I had never backpacked. So I, so, um, I think the closest would be like car camping. Like I had stayed in a tent, but it was like next to the car. And so, yeah, no, it was all very new. Everything was new. So My backpack was new. At that point, we're so talking. Misty goes from from a zero to a hundred, and yeah, every day you need to be careful what conversation she's involved with with us. But anyway, you know, two thousand two were pre-internet, obviously, of course, you know, and so forth. So I've done just the Tennessee section of it. I, I was fortunate enough to be able to take uh, six, seven days and do it back. I don't even remember how long it's got to have been 20 years ago myself, roughly. And, uh, so did you mail all your stuff? Was it that, that deal? Did you get all your data out of books, et cetera, and so forth? Cause I've read a couple back then when I was somewhat interested about how it was done. And there was always these, these landmarks where they would either mail it to a post office or, you know, mail their shoes there or a family member would bring them or mail them somewhere. How, how, what was, how did you go about it? I think we had only maybe two mail stops the whole time. The, okay. The Appalachian Trail, even in 2002, I mean, it was very easy to hitchhike. Um, so I have heard it's completely different now that um, there's shuttles waiting at every stop to take people in. But we did all we hitchhiked in or we'd have to. I mean, there were times we'd get to a road and have no food left and have to hike into and we'd be like, oh, surely we'll get a, a you know, be able to be picked up and then no one would come and we'd be hiking like three or four more miles into town. So it was t- sometimes we'd get a ride, sometimes we wouldn't. But most of the time, I mean, it's pretty uh, rural for them, not rural, um, 
it's pretty close to town. So any mm-hmm. time it come to a road at all, you can, it's, it's easy to get a, uh, to hitchhike in and go to the grocery store and, and get a ride back out or it was then. I think it's changed a little bit now, but um, yeah. I've gone hiking or running and people are like, I hear through hikers come down they're on their phones, talking on their phones. Yeah. So I'll say you, you done it when it was epic. So exactly. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, you were like, we didn't take phones or anything. I, I remember ha- having to, if I did make a call, it was on a payphone, um, or, you know, from the, you know, is that, that kind of like back in the day when you would call 1-800-COLLECT and be like, who is this? Yeah, I did. Tell mama I'm on the way. <laughs> I, I, I think I did that a couple of times. Yeah. Did, did you do it by yourself or did you have a group of you? It was, I did it with my then boyfriend um, and we did it the whole way together. Um, okay, cool. You meet so many people along the way. We had mm-hmm. seen um, some people at the, the Southern side of Virginia and um hiking on and off with them the whole way to the end so that was that was really cool and i had when i went into it i had made this whole plan like i had even made plans of where we're going to get water during the day this okay we're getting up we're hiking three miles and this is where we're going to get water like like, i don't know why i thought that that would work it did for like the first week and then it just went to hell after that but i really wanted to <laughs> in like a certain time frame and then we met up with those people and i was like why am i rushing this this is the only time i'm going to be able to do this so right i mean that's that's a that's an opportunity of a lot of a lifetime yeah when we would we would do we we done ours and i've hiked a lot in the at you know you come across people and they're like i'm having a zero day and they'll just be sitting there and they're they're just like I'm not moving today, dude. Yeah, this is I'm. A, they found a little stream or something like that, and or camp, and you know, this they just had a great time. Yeah, I remember would, we had plenty of zero days, and one time we were doing that, we came up on this. It was like this lake, and it was kind of next to a road, and there was a payphone, and we we're like, let's swim and order pizza. <laughs> so we had nah. to this lake, and we we're like, look, we're not hiking. Anymore. We I think we had done ten miles in like three hours, and we were just like. No, we're just going to hang out the rest of the day here at this, you know, hole. Even when we get up to New York, there's a way that you can go. It's like you can hop on a train. It's like 30 miles. New York City is like 40 miles from the AT. And uh, yeah. we stayed there for a week and bumped around. <laughs> and we were like, I mean. So, so awesome. What was your, it, it, most people have one. What was your trail name, Misty? It was Little Bo Peep. Little Bo Peep. Yeah, from the- yeah, that was a question at the end of uh, yes, it was end yeah. of here. Um, so, how did you end up with that trail name, or how did you get it? Um, so, the guy that I had um, hiked with, he um, brought a, a backpacker guitar with us. Um, well, he didn't bring it at first, but then he missed playing so much that he he decided to to bring it with him. I don't know if you ever seen one of those. It's like mm. a it's um it's a it's probably a regular. It's about that big. Um, so it wouldn't be regular size, but it doesn't have any of the, the sides. I don't really know anything about music. Don't judge me on this. Um, but (laughs) it was just kind of more straight down, like more like a, I don't know what the names of the, um, that is, but anyway, it was like more streamlined. So I think it would weigh like maybe five pounds or less. And he was determined to take it. So he did. And so I remember we were at night, we like build a fire and we just start singing songs. Um, and I think we were singing the Dukes of Hazard theme song 
And that's how we got. So my name became Lil Bo Peep. And the guy that I went with, his name uh, was uh, Uncle Jesse. No. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I'm trying so hard not to. I thought it was the cheesiest thing to get trail names. And I was like, we're not getting trail names. We're not going to let anybody <laughs> name <laughs> So. Oh, I, it happens. <laughs> I, I was like, <laughs> that didn't last long. Um, I was like, besides his name and my name both sounded like it could be a trail name. But I was like, that's just so cliche. I'm not doing that. Of course, I embraced it once they gave me the name. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Truth is hiding now. <laughs> was, was there ever any moments that you just didn't want to finish it? Or was you like full force? That was, it sounds like, you know, like <laughs> that is who Misty is, is like when she decides to do something, it's, you know, yeah. I'm not going to yeah. miss this opportunity at all, like dirt circuit, but I put, Did you? I put my mind to something and I like, I don't, that I guess, yeah, I don't have things creeping in like, you shouldn't do this. I, I mean, I did get homesick a, a couple of times, but never did it cross my mind not to finish because that was my goal to finish. So I was going to finish my goal. And um, I mean, I think if I get to the point, I'm just like with running, like I was determined to do it, I was going to do it no matter what until I just decided my decided not to do it and now i'm like against it and yeah when i set my mind to it i'm pretty set and that that's a gift you realize that like that that is a gift that you have like it can be a curse to you sometimes too but it really is a gift the fact that like you don't let doubt creep in when you decide to do something and that that really is a gift like when you decide to do something there's not many people in this world that would be like i just saw a through hiker come out yeah, of the trail and be like, with somebody. I'm doing that. I'm going to make a plan. We're doing it. We're going to, we're going to, you know, sit down and map this whole thing out. Like that's, yeah. that's absolutely amazing. And just like dirt circuit, you show up and you're like, I've never ran a hundred miles, but you know what? Today's the day. Yeah. I don't yet. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't have doubt that I can do it. I feel like I still struggle with insecurities like, like anybody else would, but I just, um, you know, if you, if you let that creep in when your goal is to finish, then it, you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, you can't really go. It, it, so I, when I go to, through something, I know if I have a plan that if something's going to go awry, that I have a plan to get out of it, then. Um, so it's not to say that I, I don't have insecurities or doubt when I'm doing these things. Um, well, doubt may not be a, a good <laughs> Because I'm like, no, <laughs> I let that in. Um, but yeah, I, I am pretty stubborn. I, again, I, like I said, I, I'd spoken like a true ultra runner. Yeah. I mean, you have to kind of have some of that mindset to finish some of these crazy distances. I mean, to sit out and do cruel jewel and, but you know, your greatest accomplishment, I think at the AT, that's just that's amazing. That is so rare. Like that is, that is, you know, I don't know the stats. I want to look this up at this point, well, but I, I guess finishing the, the AT is you know, probably smaller, tremendously lower than back then, you know, like that's, a, I mean, there were very low numbers of people who had completed it. Yeah. Well, well I'm just saying though, AT compared to a hundred milers, I oh, guarantee yeah. you the AT finish rate is like, I mean, a hundred milers, it's already like what? 1%? of the world would run a hundred miles. I wonder what the AT is like. That's yeah. 
I mean, I know a lot of people try to start. Um, I think the finishing rate for that is like 10% or it used, that's what it used to be. So if you had two wow. people start, you know, you'd have about right. 2% finish. Without, um, the person is said finish. That's yet. crazy. Well, look at you. One and done. You think you'll ever do it again? I, I wouldn't do the AT again. Um, but I, I think that I would want to do um, either the John, well, uh, the Pacific Crest Trail or the Continental Divide Trail. Um, but I did the John Muir Trail out west, which is part of the PCT. Um, yeah. And I did, we did that in about three weeks. And that was the most amazing trail I've ever done in my life. It's beautiful. And that is a trail that you have to get. We, I, I freeze dried all my food before going out and then had it emailed to, or email, <laughs> mailed to us. So. That's awesome. Um, do you, if you, if you did like the PTC now, Pacific Crest Trail, would you, or anything that you decide to through hike in the future, would you take your camera gear with you or some of it? I, because I mean, that's a, that's a big difference from like when you did the AT to now. Like, could you imagine if you would have been a photographer back then? Yeah. You would have. I, I did take a camera um, on the AT then, but it was as a point and shoot. Um, and it had a roll of film in it, and I would send the roll of films back to, um, <laughs> and they, Wait, they, they would develop it. I didn't see any of my pictures from the trail, um, until I got home. Um, and, and was looking through the ones that had been developed. So, I mean, I, you, all these people that are out there now are taking pictures and getting to see like instant gratification. Oh yeah. That's they don't realize the the thing of getting, Hey, my pictures in. Oh yes. We get to go pick them up. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't damage my film. <laughs> yeah. So I think that I would take a camera. Um, I just probably make sure to bring a really light camera. I probably wouldn't, um, or maybe even other point and shoot, just something that um, is better than my phone. But I mean, the cell phones nowadays take great pictures. They do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if I were to do again, the real question, would I take my phone if I were to do that again? Oh, I think you would. I don't know. I don't know. Really? Just like unplug completely. I'd have to take my phone. I'd be wanting to take pictures. I know. I, I, a lot of the reasons I get into out in the woods is so that I will unplug. And I ha will take my phone um, on runs or on hikes, but it's really, I only really use it. Um, I will take a picture here and there, but it, it's for emergencies. I try not to use it a whole lot, um, but I hate it. If I'm with other people, I don't, I'll probably just leave it in the car because I won't need it. Man, them. that's a rare quality. You just don't see that much anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's just, we're always connected and I don't, I mean, I just, it's, it's a good quality. It's just a rare quality. I mean, uh, most people are like, even when you're out on the trail, they're like. Yeah. Now, I, never <laughs> took, I don't think I ever took my phone um, with me during a race. Uh, I just didn't see the point, which is, I don't know. I did just because I got lost all the time. I'm aware of Mike is colorblind though, so oh. he, he does need he does need that because sometimes when race directors use flags that don't go too well that with bleeding well with grass. <laughs> I've sent that question before to numerous race directors. Like, I know this sounds stupid, but like, what color flags are you using? Because <laughs> oh, I'm horrible. I know a couple. Well, and that's that's why we use pink or like bright flags yeah. because 
we know that if Mike can see them, most people can. Yeah. So we let Mike pick out the flags. <laughs> so does pink look like pink to you? Pink looks like pink to me. My bad ones are the reds and greens. And so we've all taken this test together and I've been with all of them. And they're like, I just don't see how you don't see that. But like, you know, especially in my summer races, you know, if it's not a very outstanding flag, you know, I mean, like I said, I, I typically will mark our races and be like, hey, if you get lost, you had bigger problems because I'm the dude that literally gets lost because I can't see the colors. And so I really, I think about that. And of course, I try not to, we try not to, you know, over flag one because you still want to be in nature and so forth like that. That's the last thing you want to see is basically road signs. But, you know, it is, it is tough for me, you know, to, is, to say that. Is yellow your hardest color to see in the woods? No, I can see yellow. Can it doesn't yellow? bother me. It's usually orange, reds, and greens. You know, an orange is like the typical flag you can go to any hardware store and buy, you know, for construction sites. And so, you know, when like Kathy, she always uses pink at most of her, you know, events. And so I can always see, you know, Tony and Kathy's flags very easily. But, you know, when you get into the oranges, it's I can run by something. And if it's ground level, I can run by it and not see it. And then I'm then I start second guessing myself and I feel like, OK, now what have you done? So. You should get those color color correcting glasses, you know, for color. I've glasses. always wanted to try a pair. I've always wanted to just be like, man, maybe, but then I might be mad at how I'm missing <laughs> part of the world, you know. I mean, I'm not horrible. I don't see this world as black and white necessarily. I mean, I see colors. I you just try some, then. you know. I might open up a new world to you, Mark. Do it on the podcast. That would be fun. <laughs> Your reaction. Mark will walk outside and he'll be like, I hate the color of my car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So did, there's one other cool thing about Misty that you may not know, Mike. I don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but did you know that Misty's a pretty damn good rock climber? No. <laughs> That's another thing I don't do anymore. Yeah. So how did you get into rock climbing? I saw some amazing pictures of you and apparently you were really good at rock climbing too. Um, Decent. I had fun and I loved it. Um, I was old when I started, so I didn't get too good at it, but I, that is a wonderful sport. I would really like to get back into it. I just, it's, um, it's one of those things where I've, it's ego that's keeping me from it. Cause now I'd, it'd just be starting, starting all over. Um, and I don't, I, I, but it's so much fun. I just need to do it. It's so, such a mental activity and really social too, but, um, it's very mental in a way that you're trying to solve a problem, essentially. Up a, up a... Mm -hmm. Well, and it, it's, you know, I could see the draw to it. I've done very little of it. I'm very little, but from what I have done, um, it seems very much like trail running as far as like, you have to be present the entire time, Yeah. Oh. you know, and that I could see the draw to that because like, you have to be aware of what you're doing mm -hmm. the whole time. Were you, were you mostly indoors or outdoors? What, what was your preference? Both. I mean, of course I started indoors. I think I got like this group on, um, one time for, uh, onsite rock gym, which is right down the road. And I was like, oh, this sounds like a fun afternoon activity. And, uh, same thing happened. Like <laughs> story of my life. <laughs> and, uh, I spent all day there and I got done and I was like, I'm getting a membership. <laughs> like, just like that. I loved it right off the bat. 
and um misty was ordering gear yes. planning a trip to like the canyon <laughs> so I, what rope i don't need rope for this hey but i think that i've gotten better i can do things in moderation a little bit better now which i'm really proud of myself for instead of just gung-ho <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that i mean there really isn't like i i think that's a passion you know like if you find something you like that much and you jump into it that's that's awesome that means you found something that you love there's nothing wrong with that yeah how long did you rock climb um for about five years and then oh wow yeah, um it's just i think it was around the covid time i was still climbing but i fell from at the top of the boulder wall this was yours and i um I sprained my ankle real bad. I couldn't even walk on it. And then I just, it was, I was still, I was pretty, very, still pretty active. Not like doing hundreds or like doing anything crazy. Rock climbing was probably like the most active I was, uh, or my most active activity. And I, after I sprained that ankle, I was just like, and COVID happened, I got really depressed. And then I was just like, I'm not going to, I have been going hard my whole life. Like, that's how I kind of felt. And um, all of a sudden, I was like, I don't want to do anything anymore. And it was like, you know, so it can't, that's where it can get bad. Because, like, once I made up my mind not to do anything, it's been very hard to change it. And so there for, like, two or three years, I was, I, I just was like, I'm not doing anything. I didn't do anything. And now that I want to get back to it, it's like, it's it's very hard to get my mind I, I'm waiting for something to be like, okay, I'm doing that. Just like the other stuff, like, okay. This, yeah, it, yeah. But it's just, it's not been like that. So it can't, that's where it hurts me. It, it kind of went the other way where I've made up my mind not to do anything. And now it's hard to kind of get back into it. Do, do you ever feel that way about photography? No. Photography is um, very uh, Zen-like for me. It's a very um, therapeutic um, activity for me, even just, so I uh, do races, but I also do a lot of wildlife. And so I can go out, it, it just allows me to get out into nature, um, shut my mind down and just, you just went on a safari. safari trip, didn't you? I, I went to Africa. Oh, man, those pictures. Those were wrong. I was like, I thought, when you said that uh, animals, I was like, I recall that now. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's, um, that's some, I don't know. I could be wrong. Like I thought that I would never like not be active. That was like always such a huge part of my life. Like from being, you know, from five on, I've always just been like, go, 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 go until I wasn't. And so I, uh, I hope that I don't ever give it up, but. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're just, you're so naturally talented at it. I mean, even like the pictures from Africa, I it's it's absolutely amazing to see the photos you take and i could see why that would be zen like because you know you're you're trying to focus in and take your time and, and pull out those moments even for your life you know like you know trying to pull that out it's, it's a memory and that's you do such a good job at that like if you ever got burned out I, me and mike would probably be at your door asking you like hey <laughs> Do you make an exception just to do one of my yeah, races? We're still going to email you. <laughs> I, think, um, I love it. 
I love doing it. I think um, it's hard also having a full-time job on top of it. Um, so if anything, um, when I do step back, it's because I'm overwhelmed. Like it's really hard for me to do a full-time job and then also like a part-time job that, I mean, when I do a race, you know, it's that weekend, which is fine, but it's the editing the next part of the week. And exactly, you know, I'm working all day long and then I'm coming home and just sitting straight down to go to edit because I don't want to, you know, I don't want it to take me two weeks and I'm sure the runners don't want it to take me two weeks, <laughs> but, um, I mean, so, so far I've been really good. The first couple of years that I got really into it, I, I had one year where I was doing two, like photographing one to two races a month. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> it was like, I didn't have any time for myself. Um, so. Yeah, that's, I guess that's a question I would like, because I don't think people realize, and I know maybe I don't even realize this either. Um, you know, like take for instance, Fort Frenzy or, or no business. Mm-hmm. Any of these races that are 24 hours or more, you're there the entire time taking pictures and, and people see that, but they don't see the editing time. Yeah. How many hours and days does it take you to comb through like a hundred mile race or a 24 hour race? Um, so usually I'm taking, it depends, um, between four and 8,000 pictures for, um, I think the most I've ever taken was 8,000 for a race. I, like, I will never do that again. <laughs> like stay off that show <laughs> ever to go through. Um, but I start by pulling and that even takes time. I and mean, if you're going through thousands and thousands of picks, um, it still takes me like probably half a day or probably more to get that done, just to pull down to where I'm, um, get rid of the ones that I don't want to edit. Um, and then I still have 2000 to edit. I usually can do about a hundred an hour, but, I also get very tracked. Some of the, some of it's that, um, I would say if I had 2000 pictures to edit, it would take me about, um, 30 hours. So, wow. and then the calling on top of that. So about 30 to 40 hours for, of editing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you're, doing by the time you count the actual race and the editing, you're talking three, four days total. Maybe uh, a little bit more if you've got. Yeah, like uh, probably at least five, six days. Yeah. Wow. Um, it depends. Yeah. Sometimes I can get really. I I don't know. I I will have to. I have to ask Nick. I have asked him before. He tends to edit pretty pretty quickly, a little bit quicker than I do. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Teach me. No, that's when Nick kind of put him up in stages. Yeah. That's kind of what he done. I think, it, of course, he'd taken so many. So, yeah. Um, so it just, it depends how distracted I am that day. It just depends on a lot of things. I mean, I don't know what you all do for work, but um, if you go to a desk job, you're not doing work 100% of the time the whole time. I get a little sick. Yep. So. Understand that. <laughs> so some of that's my fault. <laughs> I mean, I personally like have ADD, so I get distracted very easily. I'm like, oh, look. Yeah. <laughs> I could not imagine sitting down to edit those like just for days. Like ugh, I bet you have to like stop and take mental breaks. Yeah, I do. And I, um, I need to take more. I think I'd, it'd be, I'd be better for it. I probably would be like, be able to focus more when I am at the computer. 
Um, but I also really enjoy it. I love going back through and seeing, oh, I remember this time and like, uh, especially the finish line and just reliving those emotions again is really fun for me. Um, which is another reason I, I take time to edit or a long time to edit. Cause I'm like, oh, I remember this, you know? Well, I think some of your best are just a families and little kids and things like that, that we as race directors don't always get to see during setup or pre-race and things like that, that we have found that you just really rock it at, you know, the pictures of the medals, uh, just things like that, that you're just, you just throw out there on the table for granted. Like, okay, I got this ready. It's off my checklist, but you're, you capture the moment. Yeah. That, that's a real perk for us because like when we're directing a race, we don't, you know, for me and Mike and Matt, like we don't get to leave the start and finish line very much like we're there so really when when you're out there we and we're seeing these pictures for the first time we're yeah. like wow yeah we're the same this thing. Is awesome like we would never have seen these you know the people in our race if it weren't for you got you and nick taking pictures and like, we were there we and we're that. like when did that happen how did that you know that, that's magic when we're when you know you're there at the finish line the whole time but you didn't see that moment the way you captured it you know, that, that's, Wibble. it makes us, always looking. <laughs> it, it makes us, you know, goosebumpy at the same time. You know, we look forward to it. I really appreciate that. Well, Misty, it. we won't take much more of your time. Uh, we do have some questions. Matt's not here for me to pick on. So may, maybe Mike won't lose the questions as much as Matt does. Well, but Mike while Mike's pulling yeah. them up, yeah. We always ask the same question to everybody, but I'm going to twist it just a little bit for you. But we normally ask, why do you run? Yeah. But for you, it's what keeps you in this community? Like, you know, you, you realize that you, you didn't want to keep running and you're kind of burnt out, but you wanted to be a part of that community. What is, what do you think is that draw that just kind of pulls people in? What keeps you in this community? Um, the people, um, just knowing people are pushing themselves to their, their limit, um, is really inspirational. Just even though I'm not running, um, to watch that at a race is inspiring. And so I, f I feel, and, and most people are, are very encouraging and, um, they're going to be very supportive. Um, and that's just so much fun to see. I mean, especially at hundred milers where you have families out and it's not even at this point, I know running is an individual sport. It doesn't feel like an individual sport at a trail race to me. Um, so it's just community. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of feels like a family. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Good answer. And I was just curious. I, I was curious of what kind of like pulled you in. I wasn't sure. Um, I assumed it was probably that, but you know, for everybody, it's a little different. Yeah. Um, just always love to hear those answers. Okay. Misty, I've got about five or six questions here. Uh, what has been, the, <laughs> <laughs> what has been memorable moment of all your races you have ever pho photographed? Okay. Oh, wow. That's a hard one. Mm-hmm. Okay. You may have to pause for You may have to cut this part out. <laughs> yeah. I want to answer it because it's, um, I really, I know this is going to sound very vague. I really can't come up with one answer. I feel like my favorite moments are at a finish line. 
when somebody mm-hmm. comes across the finish line and whoever's there is that's been supporting them and cheering them on and running within the whole race, like just embraces them. And it's just like, all of a sudden they come across and they're, they let their guard down and their emotions, you know, come up. And that I just, I just, every time, like, it's hard for me not to cry when that stuff happens. It's just, it's, it's so uplifting and powerful. And I love it. That's my favorite. Good deal. That's awesome. All right. And, and you being the person that takes like the best pictures of emotion makes sense. Like you're bringing that out and you're catching that. So I, I, I can totally see what that draw is for you at the finish line, but, um, keep thinking too, cause we'll follow up. I'm just curious. Like if you have a special moment like that, you remember the most, Okay, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep thinking about it. <laughs> you, and no worries. If not, that was a great answer. You are a phenomenal photographer. What advice would you give to someone just starting? Um, don't be afraid to make mistakes. So I've, re- I don't know if y'all watch TikToks. I watch tons of them. <laughs> don't do it. It's addictive. Um, but one of the, one of the creators on there was doing a video and she was like, anybody that has ever been great at something has to climb cringe mountain, meaning you got to be bad before you get good and don't worry too much about being bad. Um, just do it because you're not going to get better if you don't. That's what, that's the advice I give. Nice. That's how we feel about this podcast. The first three episodes were like, we were technology was not our friend. I mean, there was times like poor Ethan had him wait like 30 minutes. Yeah. It was like Ethan. I was like, we couldn't hear him. He couldn't hear us. I can't remember what I was going on. I was like, Ethan, I'm so sorry. So yes, don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. We, we, we had so many issues. And, uh, what do you think like for you following up on that question? Like, what do you think was like your biggest aha moment? Like when you were learning photography, was there like a moment where it just kind of like clicked and you got it? I don't know if I'll ever feel that way about photography. I know that there's so much to learn and there's, um, I, 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 the, the bad, one of the bad things about photography, it's really easy to pit, to, to compare yourself to others all the time. Um, which is don't, that's another piece of advice. Don't compare yourself to others. Just focus on yourself. Um, I, yeah, there's somebody better who cares. <laughs> just like, that's hard. That was always hard for me. Cause I was just like, I just want to be better, but there's so many other people that are amazing. I'm never going to get there. And, um, so I just, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. You, you answered it. You answered, you it. answered it. I know. Yeah. See ADHD. No worries. But, you know, you know, compared to your, you know, when I, when I see your photography, your photography and I see other photographers now, like I said, I see, I, I get you to compare yourself, but it, it's really woke us up, especially me the last couple of years. You know, like if my wife will share a picture, I'm like, Hey, you need to make sure you give the photographer credit. You know, it's super important to us now. Cause I'm like, I never thought, Hey, it was just a photo. Now I'm like, no, there's so much more behind that now, you know? And so given, given photo credit, where you know, to whoever took the photo is super important. If we post pictures. Hey, um, 
I never thought of it before either until I started doing it. And I was like, I was doing a lot of crappy things, probably like never, <laughs> you know, gave anybody credit. And now it, because it's, um, I mean, when you take pictures and you start to, to like your work and you, you're proud of it, you, you know, sometimes that's all you get is credit. So mm -hmm. it's just nice to get sometimes. It's, it's so interesting to me that, to hear you say that you compare yourself to others still because like yeah. when we're talking about Misty, like, you know, when we talk about elite runners, like we put Misty up there as like an elite photographer. Like people are always talking about how they can't take pictures as good as Misty. So to hear you say that is like humbling to, to like realize that you still feel like that. I think y'all are partial because you know me a little bit. No, not at all. Like we've asked other photographers to like come to the races and they're like, Oh, Misty does your races. We don't, we don't take as good of pictures as her. Like yeah. that's what we, we hear. See, and then and, that, stop comparing yourself. I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great advice. And it's just interesting to hear you say that too. Like, cause like you really are like well known as far as a photographer and the pictures you take and the emotions. So I think that's humbling and I think that's great advice for people, but I just didn't expect that answer to come out of your mouth. So I think that's awesome. I mean, I, maybe there aren't people that I'm sure there are some people that just don't deal with any insecurities. I have plenty <laughs> more than <laughs> oh, I, we all do. I don't want them. Yeah. I can't, I mean, that's one thing I have to work on is comparing myself and like not getting so bogged down and making mistakes. Um, that's, that's always a struggle for me. Great advice for everybody. All right, here's your next one. Do you miss running? Sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, when I'm at a race and I see these things happening and I'm like, I, I start to miss it. And I think I could do it again. I think, I, I don't know if I'd want to do a hundred mile again, but, um, but then by the time I get home and start editing pictures, I can't. <laughs> Look at that guy puking there. Why would anybody want to do this? <laughs> I did start. Um, so I did start running again a little bit last year. And it was just, I, I put it in my brain. I was like, you know what? Just go out and do like 30 minutes. And if you want to walk, walk. So it was more like a, a run, walk. And it was, again, I never got to that point where I was like, I really want to go on a 10 mile run. You know, I just never, I never was inspired to do that. I don't know. It may happen again. I need to, I need to start doing something cause I got lazy again and, and stopped working out after, after <laughs> start. Um, I should have started at the beginning of the year or my new year's resolution. Okay, there you go. Making it new year's resolution. I'm going to start working out. <laughs> okay, there you go. Next thing you know, she'll, since she takes everything so serious, she'll be on front of those fitness magazines, say, you know, like this. And she'll, be, she'll be running with a camera. Yeah. <laughs> um, my dad was a, a bodybuilder. He, that, oh, really? Uh, he, he went into, like, he um, got second at nationals one year. He was Oh, really wow. Cool. And my sister, I have a twin sister, and she was um, she was training to, to do a fitness competition. So it's in the blood. Maybe in the blood. you never know. <laughs> Maybe you and your twin sister could do like a hundred miler. 
Oh, she would never tell anybody. If you're like, I do 50, you just kind of split it I, up. I did get her to run. Make it your own relay. I, I did get her to run a couple of the KCC races, and she hated every second of it, and she let me know it. <laughs> so, I, I wouldn't make her run 100. Well, now you both agree on it. Yeah, that's true. All right, I've got two more questions. Okay. Misty, what's your uh, biggest passion? Um, photography. Photography? Yeah. yeah, I'd say photography at this point. I feel like I I think it may be an ADHD thing. I, I, I'll go for like running for, that was my passion. Soccer was my passion before that. Rock climbing was my passion for a little bit. Photography is my passion now. I feel like life evolves in 10 more years and mm. have this other passion um as long as okay. i'm enjoying what i'm doing is that's that's my passion to enjoy what okay I'm doing. and the last one that i have on here we already answered the one about the trail name we covered that uh what's been your favorite race to shoot oh you're don't do this to me Oh wait! I'm, mm. I'm well, don't consider it like, hey, I didn't like that one. But what do you think is the most scenic, or did you get the most emotion out of runners? Uh, was there anything more rewarding or something like that? And I'm kind of partial to these two races just because they're the ones I started shooting: Barkley Fall Classic um, and Yamacraw, um, or mm -hmm. not Yamacraw, um, No Business. So those two races, um, they were my first races. I started. I just have a connection to them just because they were where I learned how to do photography. Um, so I'd say those two, no, no business because of the, they used to go across the bridge and the finish line was really awesome. And now they go to a group camp, which is still equally as awesome because so many people will bring their families and there's places to camp and stay in the, the cabins around there. And it's just becomes this one big party all weekend. It's fan. It's so much fun. So fantastic. And uh, Barkley Fall Classic, just because of the emotion there. Yeah, there's emotion there for sure. Well, and like you said, you've got history at Barkley Fall Classic. That's kind of that's kind of how you got into yeah. photography, which is a cool story. I didn't know that. Like you just volunteered and mm -hmm. hey, take pictures. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's typical, typical like Misty it. just went like a hundred miles an hour in one direction with a camera. So that's <laughs> awesome. I mean, I. I that's such a talent though. Like it really is a gift. The, the fact that you can find something and you, you know, what you said was, was awesome too. Like your passion is like, whatever, you know, you're trying to, whatever your passion is at the moment, like, you know, your passions can change, but the fact that you, you can jump into it and just go full force into it and pour everything you got into it is awesome. And the, the fact that you learn it and do it so well and whatever you're doing, whether it's running or rock climbing, I mean, your results speak for themselves. Like you pour yourself into it and we're very grateful to have you in this community and to have you taking the pictures that you do and just being a part of it. Like, thank you so much from, from me and Mike and East coast adventures and other race directors. Like you've created so many special moments for runners and race directors with what you do. We just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. That means much. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. And you've earned every bit of that. Like when we see race pictures get posted, I mean, we can basically say, oh, Misty was at this race. Oh, Misty was at this race because your pictures are that special. And I mean, honestly, 
you have a gift. So thank you. Thank you. Well, Misty, that's all that we have. Do you have any questions for us? Mm -mm. No. Well, thank you so much for your time today.